Hey, welcome to Wigged Life. This is Eli out of the Salt Lake City, Utah. Life is too full to miss a moment. And Wigged Life is all about exploring, cultivating, and building upon the divine goodness flowing through all things, at all times, and all places. Hmm, and making life meaningful. Thank you for tuning in. I've been out for a bit. There's no reason. <laughs> Actually, I do have a reason, but I ain't sharing it unless, I don't know. You buy me a beer, come hang out, or do something personal. Anyway, back we are, and I'm doing another questions episode. You'll maybe remember that I did one of these before. That one was so much fun, it'll be hard to match, but here we go. More questions, all because Because what happens if we stop asking questions? How long after the questions end before, I don't know, moss grows on the soul? You know what I mean? If something in nature stops moving, it will grow moss. That's the evidence that there has been no motion. So here's a question. Why did Jesus, the most influential human in history, answer, I don't know, like three to seven questions, and then ask well over 300? If you could ask him, that ancient Jewish rabbi turned Messiah, turned global icon, that world changer, that guy, if you could ask him one question, what would it be? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He wouldn't answer you. The real question is, what question would he ask back? There you go. See? Questions, y'all. Good questions, so often, are the difference between success and failure. Oh, hold on. Are good questions the difference between success or failure? <laughs> there we go. Do the questions you ask yourself determine your future? Or do your questions limit you? Do your questions keep you moving forward, or do your questions hold you back? Do they push you away from the known? Do you encourage questions, or do you shut them down? Let me ask you a question. Do people with massive egos and reputations to uphold invite questions, or do they already have all the answers they need? Are people who are struggling to make it through the week ready for questions? Are you a learner? Are you a teacher? Can you be a teacher without being a learner? And <laughs> does God stand for your national anthem? Okay, I had to throw that one in there. Wait, here we go. Did I have to throw that one in there? Does that question provoke an emotional response or cause a pause? Does God, though? Does she stand for the national anthem? If so, which nation? Did you think I was talking about your nation? Does your nation have thousands of years of history, or is it in infancy, hoping to make it to toddlerhood, maybe one day to be a teenage nation? And does God get behind nations, or is God bigger than that? Does God vote for your candidate, or get worked up when your policy doesn't pass? Does God even care about those things? Or is she humming away, waiting for the next interesting thousands of years and millions of questions? Hmm. Hey, there's a bug on my desk. It's literally been there all day. It moved just a little bit, and then it went to sleep, or to dead, maybe. I don't know. Whatever bugs like that like to do. Does God see that bug? Does God care about that hard-shelled little beetle just sleeping and chilling, hibernating, or rocking out, or dead? I can't tell. I don't speak bug. But seriously, does God care about that little thing? What if, what if God's more interested in that bug than in your national anthem? <laughs> and why do I keep coming back to that? Is it because I'm a punk? Or is there no reason? Are these really just questions? And does God stand for the anthem? 
If so, for whose? Does God take sides? If so, would it be the heart of arrogance to think that it would be my side or your side or our side? If God does take sides, isn't it always the side of the oppressed? Hmm, there it is. Isn't the divine always with the poor, the needy, the marginalized, the malaligned, the, the disadvantaged? Isn't that true? And aren't there many, many times that the holy steps in for the foreigner, the widow, the orphan, even when it means stepping against the nation that goes by God's own name. Isn't that true? Here's a good one. A dividing question. Is ours, like yours, mine, is our world moving towards goodness and unity or towards chaos and destruction? There's a question. Answer that and I can tell a lot about you. Can I really, though? Or would it just be about the media you consume? Your background, the books you've read, the voices that have influenced you. Hey, are you still growing? Are you still changing? Or has the moss already begun to grow? <laughs> Alright, not a question. But I recently heard someone say that the only thing humans hate worse than stagnation is change. And I thought that was funny. Are you still staying? Or are you changing? And can living things ever stop moving? Or do they die to make room for new life? Are you often wrong, or are you mostly right? Do you like you? Do others? <laughs> do you like others? What's your best quality? What would you change about you? Is there a plan in my head? You know, like a road map of sorts? Or am I just asking random questions? Here we go. I'm going to pull out some Bible, because questions all, and one of my favorite questions of all time is in the Bible. If you hang with me anywhere, you've probably heard me talk about this one. Of course, it's only appropriate that I start with a question. Do you see this woman? Do you? <laughs> oh, that reminds me. What did Adam say when he saw Eve? Whoa, man. <laughs> it's the only Bible joke I got. Except this one. Who is the biggest butt in the Bible? Abraham. He tied his ass to a tree and walked 10 miles. That's in the Bible, y'all. Okay, does that have anything to do with anything? Back to the question. Do you see this woman? That's the line. That's the question that Jesus asks. Here's the background. He's dining with, as in he was invited over to the house of the best and the brightest of his day. Kind of a big deal. And in the middle of dinner, a woman of questionable character, according to Dr. Luke, who tells us this story, a woman who was uninvited somehow got into the house and began to wash his feet with her hair, like wowzers. This was super awkward. Hold up. Was this awkward? <laughs> have you ever had anything like this happen? Okay, I have somehow managed to achieve more wins in the awkward category than almost anyone I know. So here's a story I've never told before. I was a youth pastor. That's similar to a pastor pastor, but more fun and less reverent with lots of pizza. And when I turned 30, my body decided to grow out. Not taller, just outer-er. So I had the brilliant idea of working out with some students to try to put my body back in. You know, two birds, one stone. I get to tell my body... <laughs> my body to get back where it belongs and I also get to spend some time with some of my favorite people. That's a win. Two weeks in, I pulled something in my lower back. This is pretty regular for me, but 
maybe one of the first times, but I knew. Man, I just knew. I needed to lay down for a minute, like, bad. So I laid down on a bench in the workout room. And then a mom of one of my students finished her run on the treadmill and came over. And this lady began to rub my back. So here's some questions. Did she ask to rub my back? Question two. Should you always ask before rubbing someone's back? Are those rhetorical questions? Was I comfortable with her rubbing my back? You know me. Do you know me? I'm always trying to build relationships, so I just sat there. I mean, I guess literally I laid there trying to figure out how to get out of this weird situation. All right, am I exaggerating a little? Perhaps. Anyway, there I lay, and then... (laughs) And then the wrestling team came in. I knew those kids. I saw their eyes get wide in a not good way. Weird, all of a sudden, became weirder. Uh, do you guys see this woman? Do you guys see Eli? Does anyone else notice what's going on? Why is a mom in workout gear rubbing Eli's back? Is this normal? Should we be concerned? (laughs) When I extracted myself from that situation, I avoided going to the gym for a while. Oh, man. (laughs) I tell that story to highlight the story that Dr. Luke was telling in Luke chapter 7. Because as awkward as my situation was, and it was awkward, Luke has to be dying when he remembers the question Jesus asks. Hey guys, (laughs) do you see this woman? See, there was a woman washing his feet with her hair. And that, that would be just as weird then as it would be today. Maybe even weirder. It's so weird that Luke records what the people in the room are thinking. Was Luke a mind reader? Or was it just so obvious that everyone knew what everyone else was thinking? Do you guys see this woman? Does anyone else notice what's going on? Why is a woman in workout gear rubbing Jesus' feet with her hair? Is this normal? Should we be concerned? Is this Jesus to be trusted? It's into that unbelievably awkward situation that our question arises. Jesus looks his host in the eye and he asks, Do you see this woman? Oh, yeah, man, everyone sees the woman. In fact, she's all any one of us has seen since it got weird in here. We see the woman. Do you? But that wasn't the kind of seeing that Jesus meant. Let me take you to another snapshot. This one is in Mark 12 and also in Luke 20. Uh, Jesus sits down. He starts to watch people giving money to church. And he sees a widow put in all the money she has to live on. And this is a direct quote. He says, look at that poor widow. She's just put in everything she has to live. Now, people have long pointed to the widow in this story as an example of generosity. Google this. It's nuts. In fact, the Billy Graham Association, on their website, it tells us that this is how we should give, like the widow. They also provide a convenient giving link so that you can be like the widow. How amazing. Oh, man. Oh, that's not what this is about. Like, not even close. Do you see this woman? Do you see what's happening to her? Jesus, that wasn't his name, by the way. It's just a transliteration, and it happens to be what he call, what we call him now. Jesus had just spoken about how the religious people and the system of his day was profiting 
on the backs of the poor. So this question comes in the middle of a strong critique of a broken system. He quotes two prophets, two really old prophets, to say, this place, this temple, this was supposed to be special, a sanctuary, a place of prayer for all people. Prayer, by the way, is where you come when you need help. And then he says, look what you've done. You've turned it into a den of thieves. So he literally points to religious leaders in the room, in the crowd. And he says, yo, watch out for these dudes. They, oh, it's so low. They're even devouring the widows of your world. And then he sits down to wait for an example. And one comes. Oh, hey, look, there's one. There's a woman who's being devoured by the system that was designed to help her. Do you see her? Do you see her being cursed by what was intended to bless? Do you see this woman? This isn't a story lifting up a generous giver. It's a story condemning selfish takers. That's what this is about. So back to the first woman, <laughs> you know, the awkward one, who is rubbing Jesus' feet with her hair. Everyone saw her. Trust me, everyone saw her. Everyone judged her. Uncomfortable, awkward. Some of them were even repulsed. But Jesus, this radical rabbi who was so far ahead of his time, he saw her. He saw her humanity, dignity, value, worth, beauty, humility, courage. He saw her sadness and her loss, her hopes and her dreams. Everyone saw her, duh, but he saw her. Do you see the difference? And, and, oh, I don't even know how to deal with this. And he didn't seem to be uncomfortable at all. How was that? There's a question. How was that? Hmm. You can tell. I love this stuff. If you follow the life of Jesus through eyewitness accounts, you'll see that he sees people everywhere he goes. Always. It's one strange seeing of humanity after another. He sees children and he invites them to play. He sees oppressors and he invites them to love. He sees the oppressed and he invites them to joy. He sees women all the time, who, by the way, had almost no status in his day, and he invites them into leadership and relationship. Mm. He sees sick, blind, hurt, confused, outcast, lost, desperate, lonely, and he pauses constantly to see and to encourage us to see. And it's in those pauses, if you listen, you can hear him slowing down, and it's almost like he's saying, Every time. Do you see this person? <laughs> no, like, really. Do you see their humanity, their divinity, the, the beauty that's just in them? Do you? Do you see this person? I've come to hear that question constantly. Because really, when we start seeing people, we also start seeing the various systems designed to oppress people. I've long loved the expression, judgment elevates oneself at another's expense, but love elevates another, often at your own expense. All right, let's get back to some questions. Should we? <laughs> Do you contribute to our broken predatory system? Do your politics and polities take from needy people or do you give to them? 
Do the things you support promote health or sickness? Your cell phone, your blue jeans, your football team. Does your support go to healing the world or is it contributing to the decay? Are your food choices good for the planet? Are they good for the people? Are they good for you? Do you see this woman? You know, the one standing at line at my food pantry. The one whose kid is throwing a fit in the store. The one on her cell phone while driving down the road. Oh, I know you see her. But do you see her? Mm, this is so good. The woman who is being devoured by the system that was supposed to give life. As Jesus is attempting to help people see her, his friends have a question of their own. Hey, Jesus, do you see... Do, do you see how amazing, how magnificent this building is? It's <laughs> literally the next chapter. Do you see these stones? And they're talking about the very temple system that was devouring the woman. Please tell me you see the irony here. Jesus first goes, watch out for this system and these people in power. They're killing your most needy. Look, see that woman? She's losing everything to your power, your politics, your religion. And then the guys are like, Oh, but man, is that building amazing or what? <laughs> and in a rare, almost offhand comment, Jesus goes, whatever, it's just a building and it's coming down anyway. But it wasn't just a building. It was their temple, the sacred building, the holy place, the mark that they were chosen, you know, blessed, special, ahead of everyone else. And Jesus just dismisses all of that because he doesn't care about your buildings. My bad. Does he care about your buildings? How does that feel? He thinks this poor widow, this destitute woman, struggling to hang on, is worth more than all of your buildings. <laughs> he sees people. Every person. Everywhere. Hmm. Love it. Alright, last question. Do you see this person? The awkward one, the hidden one. I don't know, the frustrating one, <laughs> the frustrated one, the desperate one, the invisible one, the darker-skinned one, the one in transition, the one looking for love, the one experimenting with love, the angry one, the lonely one. Do you see them? Do you? Do you see this woman? Do you notice them all around you? Hmm. There's the question. There it is, my friends. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Hopefully, these have been some thought-provoking questions. Part of the hiatus I've been on has been about trying to clarify my voice. As in, what's this podcast about? Who am I speaking to? And why? What difference am I trying to make? I'm still wrestling with those things myself, and I would love your help. So look me up, shoot some advice, thoughts, critique, whatever. I'd appreciate your input. Hey, tunes from Salt Lake native Daniel Pimentel's latest release. And now, may you see, like really see, the beauty that lives in every human being, the grace and the glory of these stubborn, free, and stubbornly hopeful creatures. <laughs> may you see without prejudice, without judgment, without racism or any other isms, may you see and realize that you are seen by the divine, seen, known, loved. Hmm. Seen, known, loved. May we all learn to see with those same gentle eyes 
Be blessed, my friends. Be blessed. My dear Constance, I write to you stricken with grief. My body seized with trembling and dread. <laughs>